Hello, I'm Laura Robertson, and I want to welcome you to the Women in the Workplace podcast. We hope that these recordings of our previous gatherings can be a source of encouragement and inspiration for you and help you grow in your leadership while bringing some insight into our community. Good afternoon, ladies. I feel so honored to be here, and thank you all for coming, and thank the committee for inviting me and having me here. Let me just say up front, as Laura already said, I'm a woman of faith. So my entire presentation is based on that premise. I plan to share stories that are my personal testimony and hope you connect in some way to see how you can become empowered to be thankful. If you ever want me to do anything for you, just tell me you've been thinking about me or that you feel God is guiding you to connect with me in some way. That's what Gladys DeLoe did. She saw me at the jazz festival and she said to me, I've been thinking about you. And uh, she told me that our meeting was a God thing. And she said, the committee were, was looking for um, speakers to line up. So she asked me if I would be interested. She said my name had come up. Laura Robertson later get, contacted me with official invitation. I asked if there was something specific to speak about, and she just said, oh, just give your testimony, pour into the women that are attending whatever wisdom you want to share about being empowered. Well, what I heard was, Barb, you're old. <laughs> so you should have lots of stuff you can share about being empowered. So today, I plan to share with you three things. Reason to be thankful, the reason I am thankful and why I am thankful. Become the reason somebody is thankful and rewards for being thankful. The, mo the, the motto at the dojo where I train as a martial artist is let's live empowered. So what does that word empower mean? It means to give someone the authority or power to do something. It means to authorize, license, or entitle. It could also mean make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. It means to encourage and support the ability to do something. Today, I want to encourage and empower you to be thankful. Here's my testimony, my story, and reasons I am thankful. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee to Robert and Amy Dawson, who are now both in heaven. I have one sister who still lives in Memphis. My mother and father were Christians and provided our family with a legacy of faith. I'm thankful for my family. When I was nine years old, a lady by the name of Teresa Bradley came up to me as I was returning home from the grocery store, and she, tell, she says to me, you're a pretty little girl. Would you like to go to camp? I'm nine. Of course I want to go to camp. <laughs> so I practically pulled her home with me so she could ask my mom and dad if I could go to camp. Mrs. Bradley explained to them that camp was free only if I memorized the Gospel of John. 
I attended Bible study every week where I got to recite as many verses as I had learned. Guess what? I memorized the book of John, and I got a chance to go to camp for free. Mrs. Bradley stayed in my life throughout my school years. However, as a typical teenager, I went my own way. During high school, I encountered gangs, drugs, prostitution, and mob figures. Some experiences included me being shot at in the middle of gang fights. As an adult, I realized my life is really a miracle. Amid unsavory connections, I did not become a drunk. I did not sell myself or participate in prostitution. I did not become a gang member or even get hurt during the middle of gang fights. My senior year of high school, I had decided, what's next? Mrs. Bradley had taken me and other children to Bible camp in Jackson, Mississippi, and connected with me again once I was graduating from high school. She suggested I attend one of two schools. One school she suggested, suggested was in Atlanta, Georgia, and the other school she suggested I attend was, guess what, Grace College here in Winona Lake. But I applied to the school in Atlanta and was accepted. Fast forward four years, significant things happened. At the beginning of my school, at, at the beginning of my senior year, I dated a fellow by the name of Tom Ridley Jr. However, I didn't think what he had to keep my interest, so I said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> he told me that he felt God wanted me in his life permanently. <laughs> he was persistent with his intentions. I kindly told him that if he felt that way in another year, I would consider that thought. Do you see a pattern here? My husband telling me he felt God was leading him to ask me to marry him. Gladys telling me it was a God thing regarding me being a possible speaker here. As a matter of fact, I was in the Justice Building one day, and I saw attorney Erin Roland Jones. She said, oh, Barb, I was thinking about you and wanted to see if you would be interested in becoming a CASA. People thinking about me, I guess, just always get to me. I said yes to Tom. I said yes to Gladys. And I said yes to Aaron. Okay, so back to the story. Towards the end of my senior year, I was invited to apply for a job at the Billy Graham uh, team office. While home on spring break, I got that call telling me that I was hired and that I would be a part of the team. I graduated with a BA in education and went to work full-time at the Graham Association. It had been a year. Tom had waited. I considered it. And we got engaged. We talked about what the next thing would be and decided he would do postgraduate work at Grace Theological Seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana. He moved to Winona Lake, and I worked for Dr. Graham in Atlanta. A year later, we got married, and I moved to Winona Lake 
to start married life with Tom. I'm thankful he waited. Imagine that, even though Mrs. Bradley had told me about the school in Winona Lake, it was just now God's timing that I would arrive here in Winona Lake. I worked, I wanted to work when I got here, so I sent out job applications. Well, it wasn't hard to find a job when Dr. Billy Graham himself was making phone calls (laughs) and writing letters as reference. I chose to work at Free Methodist Headquarters in the missions department. After working there 18 years, the leaders decided to move the headquarters to Indianapolis. Tom and I chose to stay in this area with our now family of five, since we had added Thomas Russell Ridley III, Rachel Elizabeth Ridley, and Amy Carolyn Ridley to the family. After the Free Methodist move, I began working at one of the orthopedic companies. Working there for several years and after 33 years of marriage, one January, my husband was diagnosed with stomach cancer. After surgery here in Warsaw, the oncologist suggested that we go to Indianapolis to receive a new treatment that might extend some quality life for us. I moved into the hotel adjacent to the hospital so I would be with Tom. I am thankful I was allowed to work remotely while in Indy. My oldest child, Russell, was home from Ball State. My middle child was now home from Indiana University, Bloomington. And my youngest was now one of the few proud, she was a U.S. Marine. Russell and Rachel were working, but would drive to Indy on the weekends to visit their dad and relieve me, since I was by, I was by Tom's side pretty much 24-7. I was totally stressed and out, stressed out and decided to go to the Marine Corps. Sometimes I get really bold. I went to the Marine Corps uh, recruiting office to tell them about our medical situation and troubles. My own team of doctors wrote letters to the Marine Corps to ask for a special dispensation for my Amy. What some of you may not know about me is that I suffer from an autoimmune disease that can be debilitating in the midst of a flare-up. And stress was definitely a flare-up. An officer informed me that a high-ranking officer would intercept Amy as she was traveling across country from a base in California to a base in North Carolina. She could then stay with me in Indy, but would have to report every other weekend to a recruiting training office near South Bend. This was really a miracle. The Marine Corps just doesn't let an enlisted Marine take time off to take care of medical situations. Amy's temporary release from duty meant she was a able to stay with me every day except when she had to report to duty in South Bend. After four months of hoping and praying for a miracle of healing, the end came. No miracle for our family. Tom passed away at 2 p.m. on April 25th. We had a celebration of life service 
and went on a lake. Then we all returned to work and Amy to her military duty in Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. In the meantime, my mother-in-law planned a memorial service in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which was my husband's hometown. That service was held on what would have been Thompson, my 34th wedding anniversary. What a way to spend an anniversary. It was so hard. My military daughter was permitted to attend that service. Tears flowed from the eyes of family and friends. I felt I had to be strong for everybody else. So no tears from me, like there is today. Sorry. As, I as we took our seats to the service to begin, daughter my daughter Amy leaned over and she said, Mom, you're one of the strongest women I know. She, as well as others, thought holding it together and not weeping was a display of strength. Little did anybody know, I didn't feel strong. I was moving to a dark place of depression. I returned to work, and my daughter returned to her military duties. Then came the order. She was being deployed to Iraq within weeks. I'm blessed to have lots of friends, but for whatever reason, I felt invisible to my friends. I felt invisible to my coworkers. I felt invisible to the rest of the world. I felt alone. I felt sad. I was at work every single day, but I was a very high-functioning, depressed person. I had just lost my husband of 33 years. My daughter was off in Iraq fighting in a war. I worked day and night to survive the hurt. I was afraid to go home, fearing a government car would be waiting to tell me my daughter had been killed in action. How would I survive losing the love of my life and now possibility of losing my baby girl within weeks of each other? One day, my boss came to my office and asked me, he says, how are you doing? Well, like I said to somebody even here today, I wear my mask really well most of the time. I said, okay. He says, how are you doing? I said, I'm okay. He got right in my face and he said, how are you doing? Today, ladies, I'm going to share something that I have not shared with anybody else publicly. I am empowering myself to speak free from the shame that I have carried for years, and I'm going to be empowered to be thankful for the life God has given me. That third time when my boss asked, how are you doing, I broke down and bawled. While he was trying to comfort and encourage me, I confessed that I had a bottle of pills in my purse that I was planning to take when I got home. I was only in the office that day to clear up whatever I could before going home to end the hurt, the sadness, and feeling totally invisible. After that confession, my boss sat and talked with me in my office, and he never left me alone. He called and made an appointment 
for me to see a counselor. I went that very evening. He allowed me to drive myself, but then he called to make sure I had gotten there. I stayed in counseling for almost a year. Then it took me about another seven years to, to, of healing to feel like I was whole again. Today, I am empowered to be thankful for that boss, and he did it in the workplace. I want you to know, with healing came a very determined woman. I never want anybody to feel the way I had felt, invisible and hopeless. I decided I wanted to become a reason somebody was thankful. Now let me tell you how God used me to, be, to become a reason somebody is thankful. Working in the office one day, a coworker called me to her desk, and she said, there's something different about you. Well, I didn't think she was talking about my skin color. <laughs> so I told her it was because I was a Christian and that I really cared about people. I took her to lunch, and we talked about why I live the way I do. Within days of that talk, she was in the hospital with stage 4 cancer. While in the hospital in Fort Wayne, she had her husband call and ask me if I would come to visit. As it turns out, every day for several weeks, I would leave work and visit her in the hospital. I would quietly sit in the corner of her hospital room, and until she called for me, which was usually when she, had over, she, when she was overcome with pain and thoughts of the end of life, she would call out, where's Barb? Where's Barb? I would hold her hand until she calmed down. I would pray for her and her family. She never objected, so I just kept praying whenever I was at her bedside. I didn't learn until after she died that she was an atheist and would never talk to others about anything religious. But she had let me tell her all about my faith, and a way to be sure she could go to heaven. At her funeral, her mom approached me and asked if I would talk to the whole family and tell them about what I had told Kathy about how to go to heaven. I had become a reason. Kathy and her family were thankful. I realized some topics are off, off topic in the workplace. They're off limits without somebody opening that door. However, Kathy had opened that door when she asked about why I was different. Now, let me talk a little bit about my children. Russell is a strong, is a very strong mental and physical guy. He's good under pressure. He has more than once become a reason I am thankful, especially when I needed some emergency medical attention. Whenever I am in a debilitating flare-up, he's the first person I call. My girls fall apart. <laughs> so my daughter, Amy, um, after, um, it, my daughter, Amy, is a reason I am thankful. After my hip replacement surgery, 
I started working out with a personal trainer. The trainer encouraged me to do a 5K. My children showed up to cheer me on, including Amy, since she was now out of the Marine Corps. That last mile of that 5K was tough. As I reached the last mile marker, huffing and puffing, I looked up and I saw Amy. She obviously had asked about the route and was at that last mile marker. She said, come on, Mom, let's go. I said, Amy, I think I'm just going to power walk to the finish line. <laughs> she says, no, we're not. We're going to run this race to the end. She kept cheering me on. Come on, Mom, let's go. You can do this. Dig deep, Mom. I hate that phrase. <laughs> Dig deep, she'd say. Don't quit, she said. Ridley's don't give up. Now, these were all the words that I had given her while she was fighting in Iraq. She said, give me your water bottle. Give me your phone. Then she asked, you got anything in your pockets? Give it to me. I gave her everything. With my load lighter, we started running. She was running beside me, then acting like a pace car. She was running just ahead of me. But she kept cheering, come on, Mom, don't quit, dig deep. Let's get it together. Let's go. With nothing holding me back, I ran all the way to the finish line. <laughs> I won that race within my age group. She empowered me. She became a reason I am thankful. Rachel. She and I had been walking three to five miles each morning, but one day I told her, I'm tired. I would just gonna, I don't think I'm gonna walk today. She said, I'll meet you on the trails at nine, Mom. <laughs> she empowers me to be healthy. I also found out that she started the movement of nominating me to be the Chambers Woman of the Year, as well as a couple of other people. Guess what? It happened. Yeah. I am so blessed to have received such an honor. I am thankful for daughter Rachel, and she became a reason I am thankful. My children rise up and call me blessed. So I feel like a Proverbs 31 woman. So now let's talk about some rewards. My children empower me to be thankful, and they are my built-in cheering squad. I am thankful for life since I've survived the thoughts of suicide. By the way, I contacted that boss while I was prepping this presentation and thanked him again for saving my life in the workplace. He responded, I am grateful that I moved as the Spirit led me in that moment. And ladies, you can too. I want to empower you to be thankful and to be willing to pay attention to your coworkers. I'm thankful for the miracle of having Amy with me as we were both by my husband's side as he took his last breath. 
And again, I was bold. I contacted the Marine Corps. Uh, <laughs> and with this, uh, while doing this prep, uh, while prepping for this presentation, I contacted Gunnery Sergeant Ruel and sent him a message thanking him for arranging for that interception that he had given my daughter. He actually responded to my message. I was surprised. He said, that message meant the world to him. And he said, I am so blessed to have wonderful people in my life. You are an outstanding mother and friend, Sepify. As a CASA, I am thankful and feel a reward of knowing a 13-year-old who stayed out of trouble with no more school expulsions or suspensions because I told her I would not walk out of her life. I am thankful and feel rewarded that a young man asked me to send him encouraging text messages so that he is empowered to stay clean from drugs and keep his family intact. I am rewarded when a client from Beeman Home saw me in a restaurant and came over to thank me for being there for her. She let me know that she's making better decisions and she had not had to return to the shelter. I am thankful for my trainer, my coach, I don't know if she's here, Rachel Snow, uh, at Strive Fit, who screams out that word I hate. <laughs> Dig deep. <laughs> you can do this. When I feel like I can't do one more push-up, I can't row one more meter, or jog or walk any longer on the treadmill. She empowers me to be strong, and I am thankful. I'm thankful for my Oceon, Matt Smith, who teaches me martial arts so I can live empowered. He trains me to take care of myself in very dangerous situations. My mission statement guides me through life. It is, as Laura already shared with you, Surround yourself with strong and good people, and my family is my, my, my built-in cheering squad. They are good people. They never give up, never quit. Always show up and expect nothing in return. Be thankful. I hope you have connected with something I've shared today and that you will feel empowered to be thankful as well as become a reason somebody is thankful. Then see the rewards of being empowered to be thankful. Thank you for listening to the Women in the Workplace podcast. Be sure to check out our monthly in-person events. On top of getting to hear from speakers like you just did today, we also have lunch provided and you will get to experience engaging table discussions with other women in the Warsaw community. We'd love to have you join us for lunch the second Monday of the month at The Hub at Winona Lake Grace Brethren Church. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date and to find out about future speakers and events. You can also register at c41.org. That's the letter C, number four, O-N-E dot org. We can't wait to see you at the next event.